0: This Day in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History Class, a show for those who can never know enough about history. I'm Gabe Luzier and in this episode, we're looking at the origins of pop art, including the turning point when it appeared in the gallery of an American museum for the first time. The day was September 25th, 1962. A new exhibit opened at the Pasadena Art Museum in Southern California, marking what's believed to be the very first museum showing of pop art. Titled New Painting of Common Objects, the exhibit featured eight up-and-coming artists. Jim Dine, Robert Dowd, Philip Hefferton, Roy Lichtenstein, Edward Ruscha, Joe Good, Wayne Thiebaud, and Andy Warhol. The art show was the brainchild of the museum's curator, Walter Hopps. He noticed the growing trend of paintings depicting everyday objects, and decided to showcase this new style of art by bringing together pop artists from the East and West coasts. But what exactly defined this new style of art, and where had it come from? The roots of pop art can be traced back to the post-war boom of the 1950s, when renewed optimism and rebounding economies led to the development of a more consumerist culture in both the United States and Western Europe. One result of this boom in manufacturing and media was that people began to question the dominant traditions that had shaped culture up to that point. For example, in the world of contemporary art, Abstract expressionism was the dominant style of the day. Characterized by sweeping brushstrokes and a sense of spontaneity, this new form of abstract art was popularized around the world by artists such as Jackson Pollock and Willem de Kooning. But as the Cultural Revolution marched on, a new generation of artists began to reject abstract expressionism in favor of a more figurative style, soon to be known as pop art. The term pop was derived from popular art and was first used in the mid-1950s to describe a group of British artists who satirized the imagery of American consumerism, especially its advertising. By the early 1960s, the term had become synonymous with an American art movement that also focused on elements from mass media and popular culture, but with a much less critical eye. Unlike their British counterparts, American pop artists were not viewing the world of American advertising from a distance. They lived with it in their daily lives, and were mostly interested in presenting these common objects in bold, graphic new ways, without the need for explicit social commentary. After all, most American pop artists began their careers in commercial art. For example, Andy Warhol found success as a graphic designer and magazine illustrator, while James Rosenquist got his start as a billboard painter. This commercial work not only gave the artists a crash course in the visual language of mainstream culture, it also helped them identify potential points of overlap between the high art found in museums and the low culture of consumer products and advertising. The result of this was an art movement that sought to blur the line between high and low. Pop artists employed a level of technical skill and design ability that was comparable to traditional fine artists, but the subjects of pop art were objects of mass culture, like soup cans, or media stars, like Marilyn Monroe. These works were strongly inspired by product packaging and advertisements of the day, as well as by the illustrations and typefaces seen in television, movies, comic books, and magazines. The pop movement seemed to be saying that art can emerge from any source and should not be limited to an accepted list of styles or subjects. But pop art wasn't just rebellion for rebellion's sake, and it wasn't a ringing endorsement of capitalism either. It was a way to hold up a mirror to the trends and obsessions of modern society and examine what the reflections say about the people who value them. The pop art exhibit at the Pasadena Art Museum closed after just three weeks, but that was enough to establish precedent and it wasn't long until pop art became an expected staple of art museums all over the world. The style's popularity waned a bit in the 1970s, when it was supplanted by the rise of installation and performance art. It's gone through a few revivals since then, and today, you can find examples of contemporary pop art in the work of artists like Shepard Fairey, Ketna Patel, and Banksy. Their work carries on the pop art tradition, by using bold graphic design and easy-to-identify subjects to comment on, or satirize, the shape of human society as we know it today. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about art history today than you did yesterday. If you enjoyed the show, consider following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at tdihcshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions for us, you can send them to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks, as always, to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class.